We're back, the Whiskey Hue, a podcast from three brown startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, culture, and side pieces. <laughs> Not that type. We're talking <laughs> e-games, emerging media, cannabis, and so much more. Without the bullshit, and most importantly, over whiskey. America calls Clyde Black, Athul Brown, and Anthony somewhere in the confusing middle. Plus three brothers, <laughs> various shades of brown, bringing you the latest in tech, business, and startups mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. What's up, what's up, what's up, fellas? Fellas, fellas, we're in for a treat today. I'm excited, very excited. We have uh, AG is missing. We kicked him to the curb. He said, you know, he's trying to be like Bobby Brown of a new edition. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's on vacation, but we kept the party going. So we have two special guests. Athul had two amazing friends that he wanted to bring on the show I thought it was only appropriate, so I'll let him do the amazing introduction of it, of our guest. But this is going to be a good one. Very excited. Uh, let's go. Some of my best friends, outside of Clyde and Anthony, some of my best friends, uh, for one's from Chicago area. We went to undergrad together. Uh, actually knows my wife longer than I do, so I'm kind of, I look at him with a sketchy eye once in a while. Uh, <laughs> but And Chintu's from... Where are you from? You're from L.A. And then now you're on the East Coast. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, L.A. through and through. And we'll mention some other things. People he's fans of that I'm not fan of. Athletes. Anyway, in a minute. Um, so we're going to be talking about the Delta variant and its impact. I want to talk heavy about the economy and finances about it. But let's talk about the health perspective. So we brought on two experts in the space, uh, an epidemiologist, expert witness, economist, all in one, Parag Barik. And a what kind of doctor are you, Chinti? I know you're an internist, right? Is that am I right? Uh, by training, I'm an internal medicine and pediatric clinician. Yeah. Uh, I do hospital medicine all across Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, and uh, at one point in time, medical director of a small hospital group in Annapolis. <laughs> at one point in time, I still run my cannabis clinic on the side because you can't hustle enough. <laughs> Clyde's a subscriber to it. Monthly doses. <laughs> okay. And then Brock, give us an intro to you, man. Brock's got a fascinating background as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, relevant to what we're going to talk about um, on the health side. Uh, a public health uh, guy, epidemiologist from UIC, uh, chief strategy officer for a national um, multi-specialty healthcare program. So we, uh, we treat a lot of COVID patients really since the outbreak started. Um, so there's that on the econ side, uh, game theory economist from Northwestern managed $2 billion budget for a global bank. Um, and on the tech side, masters in science and, uh, three un uh, graduate degrees for, um, uh, big data and AI and all that good stuff. So let's do it. Nice. Nice. Clyde getting us back in. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. I appreciate that. Um, and you know, a true whiskey hue fashion, our special guest has been called away cause he's a big time doctor. He might be going out saving lives or he might be going to get lunch. We don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but, but Chintu was, he was, he was called away to operate on Aaron, Aaron Rogers ego. So only line of disagreement, <laughs> but, but today, yes, I think a touched on that. We want to, we want to dive in for our whiskey. Hugh lister listeners. Uh, we've talked about COVID a lot, but you know, the world is in a strange place right now between, opening back up a new variant. We're no experts. We know business, tech, and culture. So we wanted to bring some experts on and have a conversation. Um, we think it's going to be great. We're going to be sipping on some whiskey. Um, 
in true uh, Athul fashion, we're going to be drinking Johnny Walker Blue Label. Um, you know, we if you've been an avid listener of the show, we know his uncle uh, would call Black Label a lady drink. I'm not sure what I'm not what, I'm not sure what his uncle would say about the Blue Label, but we'll dive hey, into I'm, it a little bit later. I'm a I'm fan. Some racial undertones, man. Some racial undertones, Clyde. I don't get it. You got three brown dudes. You can I got it on wax. I got it on wax. I got it on wax. You said it. I'm quoting you. It's no. Let, let's, it, he is absolutely right. We um, have uh, the the flex of the Indian uncles and aunties in our lives has always has always been Johnny Walker, and that's what we thought was the righteous drink we grew up. Little do we know they were lying to us the whole time. I mean, yeah, I'll I'll say this, man. Your your group was a little classier than ours. We started with Shavas. <laughs> Same here, man. Shavas was the go-to. It was it was the West Coast favorite amongst all my uncles. They were like, "We got the Shavas, baby." <laughs> like, oh, you got the you got the expensive shit. <laughs> Life's good. Life's good. So we're excited, but before we do that, we like to dive in and just see what's up, what's going on, how you guys doing. Um, you know, talk to us. I, I definitely want to kick this off. Okay, right? go ahead. Clyde, um, so I'm like, we wanted to do this in person, but since you and I are from the New York area, Barag and Chintu are like, no, you guys got those Cuomo hands. So we have to do this through uh, a platform. <laughs> I feel you from here. I'm not letting Abdul touch my mic. Don't touch my mic. I was wondering what that was was behind me. (laughs) I got 15 years of you being comfortable with this. Now are you going to (laughs) flirt? Show me the consent. Show me the consent. Oh, shit. (laughs) It's so funny that we're going to bring down a governor after he's already in office, but we had no problem putting a president who's actually done it. (laughs) Yeah. Put a president in. It doesn't make any sense to have people call out someone in their own party just it's politics it's dirty yeah. it's just part of the game well you yeah, know the, the most amazing the most amazing part of that is Como was like yeah i want you guys to do an investigation you know <laughs> research me do like like yeah now he's like uh i'm just the type of guy like to touch kiss people black <laughs> white straight gay oh young i just touch everybody so that oh, makes no you're guy. not comfortable with my tongue in your mouth i thought we were sharing drinks <laughs> 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 so this is what's going up in the New York area, right? So we got Letitia James, who's uh, the uh, the Chuck Rhodes. You know, if you guys are fans of billions, uh, the real the real Chuck Chuck Rhodes right now, right? So she's giving it to giving it to Como and doing her research, and you know, uh, I think he's going to take one or two routes. He's going to have to resign, or he's going to take the Trump effect where he ignores it. Hopefully he has some backing behind him and can get through his term. I think it's going he needs to do. He needs to do Trump and then do an R. Kelly where you release and put your key in the ignition, like album after the after he's being accused. <laughs> right. And then you got to go out like the goat. man. That's it. That's it. Done. Drop the mic. He's, I'm waiting for the special. <laughs> the Netflix oh, special. Ignition. That remix of the ignition is hot. <laughs> the touch, touching you deeply. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, so, that, yeah. So that's one thing that's been going on. And then. The other hot topic is, uh, you know, everyone knows who listened to the whiskey here. We're big sports guys and the NBA free agency has just been nuts, right? You got, uh, uh, the Lakers pulling up, you know, the, the Monstars, uh, got a little Carmelo Anthony, got Russell Westbrook joined LeBron. So that's going to be exciting to see. Now it's just the, the Eastern Conference, which is the Brooklyn Nets and then the Western Conference, which is the LA Lakers. 
everyone else is just there to get the money. Can you imagine being LeBron's parents? You go into the Kmart when you're growing up. Hey, like, hey, what do you want? He goes, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, Joe, do you want? All of them. I'm like, come on, man. Leave something for someone else. That's just, okay. Do you want his power forward? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I usually have my Jordan jersey up here uh, just to stick it to Clyde and Anthony. Because no. Anthony, like, yeah, but you know, but I, I can't find it after mood. So it's somewhere in the box. I hate it so well that I can't even find it. <laughs> so, Jordan, well, you know, so LeBron's got that. Chicago is celebrating DeRozan and Ball, man. You know, yes. like, Chicago's like, that's. That's our super friends team up. DeRozan and Ball. <laughs> We're going to get that fourth or fifth seed. <laughs> Come but, y'all, but y'all got Kanye, so y'all good for at least another 12 months, right? You know, yeah, Kanye. The new Even Don- Kanye don't got Kanye, all right? <laughs> <laughs> the, new, got Jay-Z back, the new album is two weeks late and a couple hours late. It's supposed to come out for the second time last night, but it's still waiting on it, so... Yeah, Shy Town. Yeah. He did a live stream. Something he did a live night, stream right? album listening party, and the album was supposed to come out at midnight. It's now so three forty-three. Let's let's give him some props. So when I was in the music industry, there were two guys that I used to emulate. I may have stole a little shit from, but two camps that used to beat us out: Timberland's camp, Kanye West camp. If you listen, and then our our camp, they would always get the deals because they we worked our asses off. I don't know how much harder they worked, but they got the deals. Now, if you listen to their beats, Timberland's back from the nineties, two thousands. Timberland's stuff would sound dated if he puts it out now. Like the stuff he's putting out now still sounds like his stuff from before. Kanye West, the one thing he, as crazy that mofo is, his shit's innovative. His music is hot. I mean, some of the stuff he's doing, some of it's dumb as hell. I mean, but like it's not like Prince. Oh, shit, I'm not going to go after Prince the heart. Like some of Prince's later albums weren't as great as some of that early stuff. That early stuff was hot. Right? Classic. But Prince played everything. Kanye's, you know, not playing everything. But like, dude, you got to say, you got to give to him. Uh, but if we want to go down a further tangent, it's usually like the Kanye and the Timberlands and Athul.com that we'll get our, <laughs> we'll get our, we'll get our little accolades, but there's a whole team behind it, right? So Timberlands, the guy who has the deal, but he's got like 20, 30 dudes under him doing the music. And a- after a certain point, which is what Kanye has, but Kanye, like it's innovative. You got to give him that. Yeah. 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 So what's going on with you guys then? I'm just trying to survive the day, man. <laughs> Here I am at work talking to you guys. And, and, you know, my wife, I have my clothes hanging up on the wall behind me because I have to get ready after work and show up in D.C. You know, oh, man, you live, you live. You know, I married the Chitla, the metaverse. So I got to. I got to I got to show up, man. There you <laughs> so, go. Uh, there, there's Chitla no there no breaks here. <laughs> <laughs> It's we're, just we're constantly just running. I told those man, we're just trying to survive Chicago summer, man. You got Lollapalooza on MSNBC every day because people are like, look at these fools. And there's like five hundred thousand of them like sitting this. in there. Yeah, I'm, then, I'm in Chicago. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Frog. Go ahead. No, no, go, it's 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 like you know we think we're cool. We're like, all right, we've got enough vaccinations, and we're doing this, and we're getting our indoor restaurant back. We're strong. back, and all of a sudden they're like, and Lollapalooza, it's the Sturgis <laughs> of the Midwest. Like, 385,000 oh. people came through it. So, like, we're looking at the Milwaukee Bucks. Anthony brought this up very nicely. Milwaukee Bucks, 40% vaccination out of 80,000. You get so that's 32, 35,000 not vaccinated, let's say. Let's just let's round it up to the next time. All right. I don't know. And it was 100,000 people a day at Lollapalooza. You and I couldn't hang out because of that Lollapalooza was killing our traffic. And 
I mean, dude, I mean, hey, they're like, hey, Milwaukee, hold my beer. We got 400,000 people. On <laughs> now, now, now Parag, I'd like to know your thoughts about this because, hey, look, Lollapalooza happened. But I think this time syphilis and gonorrhea will beat out COVID. <laughs> what do you mean this because time? Because of one friend. We're not going to say his name, but I one friend who sent those pictures from there. <laughs> what? Well, what are you doing? I'm the top two hits of Chicago every summer, baby. It's Kanye, syphilis, gonorrhea, Lala. That's, that's, that's our top four. <laughs> Clyde, Anthony, and I are texting each other about our next week's topic. We're like, what do we do? And then I'm like looking at this, I don't know what I was reading, and it's like two rival gangs in Chicago are going to meet up to do a shootout. It's not like, let's play hoops. Let's shoot the fuck out of each other. Oh, a couple of us are going to walk Who away. And then I'm fighting shit. these guys on text. I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to stay alive, man. <laughs> to get you know, it was even worse because what people don't know is while Lala had 400,000 or 350,000 concert goers going there, <laughs> the National Sports Collectors Conference was happening in the uh, All-State Arena, also like 20 minutes from Lala, oh, right? Wow. 30 minutes from Lala. So you had all the nerds, right? You had all the like music heads downtown and you had the meeting of the nerds nationally was in the airport was jammed like uh, just jammed. decreased gonorrhea and syphilis increased covid for that group okay just, <laughs> let's get it straight let's get it get it straight well fellas oh, that's awesome. fellas that's a perfect segue into our topic for the day um i think you know we laugh about it now but i think we're gonna dive deep into you know the seriousness of it but you know in true whiskey hue style we're gonna dive deep so thanks for bringing that up and it's been a good time so so deep. So yeah. So let's dive in, fellas. So, uh, you know, let me give you a little background. Um, when this pandemic started a year ago, uh, a lot of folks were like, "What the hell is going on? What are we going to do?" And some of us were actually forced into positions we had to figure it out. So, due to uh, I would say unfortunate, screwy circumstances in my life. Uh, I was the director of a unit at Annap, basically at Anne Arundel Medical Center in Annapolis, and uh, son of a gun, the first COVID patient that comes in comes into one of our units. I'm staffed with you know young uh, providers. Uh, this guy I really love, Brandon, was the first first guy to step into that room, and I'm like sitting outside going, "We didn't, we're not prepared for any of this." You know, when Ebola came, we had we had like something out of a horror movie in terms of like a suit that you'd have to take three sips of whiskey to think of that suit. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, that's what I have to put on to go in there. What if he poops or something? Do I have to put an extra mask on? I mean, it was ridiculous. And Mm -hmm. here we are and we're starting this new whole, whole adventure. And the CDC doesn't have any guidance. Nobody has given us any word on what to do. And I'm sitting there looking outside of this room going, that's, our first patient and we have nothing. And so um, you can estimate that this was a really rough part of our lives. Uh, I was the first one into that room and the last one out. So I I gave that unit all I got when we first started it. So everything that developed all the way down to how do we safeguard our nurses? What should we do at home? How should we not spread this around our communities? All that stuff came out of a lot of work we did in that community. Um, There are all these goofy videos where (laughs) I'm sitting there with a microphone uh, inside of the unit, basically giving everyone instructions on what what's the best way to get in and out of rooms and what to do. Yeah. And, you know, I hope those videos never get leaked out because they were awful, (laughs) (laughs) awful production quality all around. Although you would be very embarrassed by it. I'm still embarrassed by the whole thought. But, But there are a whole series of videos I had to make and a bunch of stuff we built. 
So I got to see us go from like no information, no intel to try to develop ways to kind of create safety while, while going through this adventure, while creating like infrastructure within our EHR so that people won't goof up. They can find orders, they can find labs, they can find tests, they can find all the stuff we need. And then the problem was, you know, if I were to talk about like administrative overload, that first month was a meeting three times a day, every day of the week uh, for five weeks. And that was how we started. And some of those meetings I could tell you were, I'm like sitting there going, I'm begging you for a mask and gloves. <laughs> you know, please tell me you have it. <laughs> yeah. So, what did we learn from that first month that's vital for everyone to take back from the financial side is it was very evident early on that every supply chain in this country and globally was disrupted. It was not only disrupted to a point where we're like, hey, uh, you know, you might have to wear a trash bag if we don't find a gown. Mm. Hey, uh, you know, gloves. What do you think about recycling rubber gloves or, you know, what about that mask you're wearing? Uh, can we get more uses out of that? Because what if we run out of your that mask you're wearing? Can we kind of can we find a way to recycle that? We actually found a way to recycle the mask. Wow. We had to innovate and find all sorts of information just to kind of maintain supplies. Uh, there were local innovations. There was this uh, retired engineer with a 3D printer that made shields for everybody. There was a local like a uh, like a. Uh, it was like Veterans Wives Club that sewed like these green gowns that look like something out of an Indian surgery suite from like the old Bollywood movies. You know, I'm, I'm not kidding you. These were these were the innovations that got us through because very early on, you could clearly see the entire global supply chain of information and stuff we need is gone. Um, the volume of needs surpassed production on every level. And the grand embarrassment was watching it as a doc going, wait, I thought we were the most powerful country on earth. And wait, 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 did we just beg Russia to drop a plane off in New York? (laughs) Kick some masks off? Hey, guys, here's some masks for you guys. Here, go, look, we're going to save you, us Russians, that throw doctors off of the fourth or fifth story window of a hospital if you criticize anything. Mm. Um, Well, no, that's that's amazing. And and, I, I... I, I hear you laugh, but I think you're laughing <laughs> to stop yourself from crying. Yeah, stop yeah, yourself from crying. So first, you know, I want to say thank you for all your hard work because, you know, you're a much better soul than I would have been because, you know, you trained for it, you prepared for it. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of lives that, you know, are saved and not only today, but going forward. So thank you for that. Hopefully you went home, had a lot of whiskeys every night and uh, got got you through it. Hopefully the good stuff. <laughs> it was hard to get through that. You're, you're yeah. absolutely right. I laugh about it now, but at the time there were moments where you're like, uh, wow, this is a lot of responsibility. And then you start looking left and right. Okay. So what are they doing federally? Is there any, is there any hope coming down the pipeline? Silence crickets. You, know? mm-hmm. you, you see, you see this lady that's preaching about demon sperm tell you that, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to wear a mask. And I'm like looking at everyone going, okay, respiratory virus, uh, old technology, mask. Um, somehow it's dangerous to have the public mask 
At least that's what people keep saying. And somehow there's no federal guidance. The CDC, you look the other way, crickets. <laughs> we didn't get any real guidance about until about three months into this. And even then, the guidance came with a lot of questions more than answers. And, and the East Coast was hit, right? The East Coast was hit so it was east and west ab- abruptly. West Seattle a little bit, but then it really hit the East Coast from European strains, and then they were kind of guiding the CDC because it was hitting us because of population density, right? So, so if you think about it, <laughs> we're it started, audio show. We're audio it, show. So, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, yeah. He's so, making so, a motion that you know some people would not like, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean too I'm, excited. I'm, I'm just telling you that you know. <laughs> it's like one of the you, you think about all the things that could go wrong. You're right. It started this. This actually started in New York. Right. And the down we're everyone downwind in New York got the overflow. So we had folks who showed up with their grandmother from New York. <laughs> and I'm like sitting there going, wait, 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 your address is Bronx. How do you make it all the way down here to Annapolis? <laughs> no, I'm not staying in that shithole. <laughs> New York are crazy. <laughs> so, so people made it all the way out to Maryland from, from up there. But yeah, the, wow. it came out there. But do you remember like some of the political stroking that took place during this whole thing? There was a lot of stroking. There was a lot of, oh, hey, we're going to stop China in its tracks by preventing all air travel. And then here comes New York, not from China, but it's China via Europe. And I'm just yep. thinking to myself, so the right answer was build a wall t- around the entire country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's, you know, to, to jump in here, that's that that's where I think we're relevant to now is the mutations, right? Um, the, the New York pandemic was really a European mutation of the original strain. And that's why you saw it hit the West Coast first, because it's easy to travel from, from Asia to the West Coast, right? Um, but it was milder. It was a much more senior population, much more pre-existing conditions and things like that. And New York exploded in a younger, more broader population. And that sounds really familiar to what we're seeing now with explosions in a younger, broader population, because it's another mutation. And I've literally been writing articles on these mutations for about 15 months. And when I started writing about these mutations, people started emailing me and saying, stop all of this. You're trying to scare people. You're just trying to get into some X-Men shit and stuff like that. And I'm like, you don't understand how viruses work. (laughs) There's a reason why we're writing about these mutations because we know where this is headed. 14 months ago, there were already 30 mutations globally. 14 months ago. Wow. Wow. Yes. And I wrote this 14 months ago. And I wrote then that what's happening now is coming. And, and here we are, because now we're seeing mutations that are virus resistant, that are, um, you know, hitting younger populations. And that's, and that's just the way it goes. Yeah, those are amazing facts. Um, you know, I, I've heard a lot about the Delta variant. And recently, I think I saw something about the Lambda variant as well. So as, a, as, a, as someone who knows nothing about science... Um, Besides mixing, you know, colors or whatever, uh, you know, what, what is, what does that, what does that mean to me, uh, as, you know, everyday person, as you talk about the mutation and should I, should I get like a double mask, triple mask now, or should I just keep the same flow? I'm vaccinated, et cetera. Yeah, I'll just, is it okay if I interject real quick? Prague, I, I have a question for you, actually. Yeah. As the it. epidemiologist. Mm-hmm. So coronavirus, from what we understand about it, it's not like all the other viruses on the street. Okay. You, you get the flu virus. The flu virus mutates like every second. 
Every mm-hmm. time it gets into a person comes out, it's mutating. That there's no fidelity to to like certain viruses. Not that you know infidelity and HIV go together, but but influenza too. Influenza as it mutates through the population. Coronavirus has a a feature to it, a protein checking that's built in that is supposed to make it a high fidelity virus. And compared to like others, you know, like there's Mm -hmm. certain strains we've been tracking for hundreds of years. They've mutated every 50 years. And here we are watching COVID-19 jump from place to place and mutate as it goes because Mm -hmm. of something very special we learned something that is very unique to now that did not exist in history. And from what I understand, and I want your take on this, we have patients who are immunocompromised, that's one, and we have patients who are under very specialized therapies who are cancer patients, two. Mm -hmm. We have HIV patients, three. We have these unique populations of folks that are, I call it the cauldron of mutation that we did not have in history and time before. These are folks that would have died otherwise who can now live because of advances in science. But that those advances in science in return have created this ultimate factory that, you know, I, I mean, what yeah, are your thoughts I, about that? I think that's a really interesting perspective. I think I would slightly disagree in the sense that I think it's almost more environment combined with those factors and therapies and things like that. And the reason I say it is because what happens is when the virus infects a population that represents a reflection of of their community population, the virus mutates to that community. And so what I say is in Asia, you saw a very kind of looking back now, it seems very surreal to say this because a year ago, we would have never said this. Asia, the initial virus was the mildest strain, right? When this thing broke, God forbid you call that mild. But looking back now, that was the mildest strain, strain one, right? Mm. Whatever you want to call it. Now we're into Delta and Clyde talked about Lambda. Actually, Epsilon is the one you got to keep an eye on because Epsilon is going to fuck shit up. But um, what happens is- Where's that coming out of? Where's Epsilon coming out of? Epsilon, they just found a handful of cases in Pakistan. They found it in, in Lahore, Punjab, Pakistan. Yeah. But they found it in other places too. I mean, Epsilon is, is in, the thing with Epsilon is they don't know, know if it competes with other variants, if it will become the dominant form. And that's where Delta is kicking the crap out of all the other variants. Even though Lambda is showing in labs as uh, vaccine resistant and Epsilon is showing in labs to be vaccine resistant, anywhere all the strains exist, Delta is like the supreme mm. champion. Like if you remember WrestleMania back in the day, right? The last man <laughs> in the ring wins. Delta is the la- Delta is Hulk Hogan. It is the ultimate <laughs> warrior. It always wins right now. And that's why we're so focused on Delta. But, you know, if the Undertaker comes in and hits someone over a chair and all of a sudden Epsilon is the king of the ring, you're going to be hearing about Epsilon for the next year. I mean, that's just the way it is. So I talk about environmental factors because why was the European strain that hit New York so much more vicious than the Asian strain that hit California and Washington? Because the European population has a different uh, body type. It has a different diet. It has a different mm. uh, environmental factor. It's a different age factor completely. Right. And so when that virus got into bodies that had more fat and more cholesterol and more other things going on, right, 
it changed and it changed and hit younger people and it hit all those core morbidities higher. Same thing with Delta. Delta was very unique to Asia, right? And India, let's, let's be honest, right? And that's a very different population. It's a different population on comorbidities, right? South Asians have a much lower threshold on obesity and diabetes and all that stuff. Jintu knows this because he's the doc, right? So, so as the virus hits communities that are reflective of different environments, the virus changes. Now, India also didn't have mRNA vaccines, right? They had what I would consider subpar vaccines, and that helped the virus mutate as well. We had mRNA vaccines, so it didn't really mutate here until the Delta virus came, and then it interacted with the the you know, European variant and the Asian variant and all these other variants, and they got into a melting pot, and all of a sudden, new variants popped up. And so that's what viruses mutate. It's what they do. It, the flu a century ago mutated to a much more dangerous form and then into a much more milder form. No one cured the flu a century ago. It literally just mutated into a milder form that we still see today, right? Mm-hmm. And so that viruses mutate and they survive. And so what you will see is viruses mutate to wipe out as many people as they can until they realize their survival requires mutating into milder forms. And that's, that's, and that's awesome because that is the history of the, the coronavirus mm-hmm. strains that float around the world right now. Mm-hmm. Somewhere down the line, there was a major global pandemic that killed not only some of them actually killed cattle, wildlife and people. And they're documented in history. There was one from 18, the 1880s, I believe, that they talked yeah. about. And so they have all this like interesting like, you know, dynamics that take place. But on the side note, since this is, you know, Whiskey Hue, what did Dave Chappelle say about the coronavirus, right? He said, you know, we don't, I don't know how our last president survived because he's got all the things coronavirus likes to eat. He's got the fat, <laughs> he's got true. the diabetes, he's got the, <laughs> and so. <laughs> the mistresses. But, 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 <laughs> he's got the mystery sauce that, that made, the, made it mutate. But you, but you see what happens. The stuff that came out since, right, in the, is that he almost died, that they had to literally tell him, we're either taking you to the hospital or we're going to wheel you to the hospital. And he yeah. thought he would look weak. So he took and they started the remde- and they started remdesivir way. Or, I mean, he got yeah. therapies that mo- people were getting remdesivir. These were all experimental compassionate use in California. He was getting as a frontline prophylactic (laughs) almost immediately. So there is a very big difference between his treatment and why he's still walking as opposed to everybody else. Can you imagine if that had gone deep? That that controversial stuff, the, uh, what did that, what was that called? The monoclonal. Chloric, yeah. (laughs) No, it was the mega. Mononuclear antibodies. He got the, yeah, he got the antibody. He got, I mean, look, there's a lot of. We are, we are much smarter now a year later, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have remdesivir and you have the, the dexamethasone and you have the monoclonal antibody. You have all this stuff that can now arm you in that fight. And a person who may not have lived a year ago might be running, you know, now because of that. But, but and, it's and a I'll moving you, target. Rob, Go ahead. I'll yeah. tell you one thing for sure. It was a fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just take, let's just take some of these therapies we use now. I proposed mm. steroids when we first started because the folks that got steroids somehow lived, but they just made it out. And all the literature that we have in the ICU world says that using steroids on somebody with just a acute respiratory distress syndrome type picture is detrimental to survival. And here we're seeing the opposite happen where we just want to shut down an inflammatory cascade 
And that's what I was fighting for in the beginning. I'm like, look, man, we could do this. We got the tools. The whole world could save everybody with prednisone. How, how anticlimactic does that sound? Uh. We, do, we heard hydroxychloroquine. I hear ivermectin. I hear your mom's Gatorade. I mean, I hear, you know, chlorine wash, whatever, you know, injections. You know, I hear all sorts of bullshit all day long, right? And the answer was a very simple technique that we've had the whole time. And it killed me, man, that we had to fight. It's a fight to get people to do that. Give me so from your two perspective, Clyde and I are just kind of. I'm going to innocently by stand. So from us looking in, is on the outside looking in. It's fascinating. The MNR, mRNA within like 48 hours had a vaccine. You mentioned the time frame of one year. How people are like now living with this? Where a year ago this was a question mark. Look at AIDS. AIDS took 20 years, 25 years, right? to kind of get under control and now you can live with it. Right. But you know, that first you were, we were scared as hell back then, you know, like, Oh wow. What? Um, I'm not, Magic you know, Johnson, what? we're just going to leave it there. Olympics, right. Without going into details, but you're just scared of doing anything like, so anything like that, but like within four years, it was the vac, it was the testing process that took it longer to get rolled out mm-hmm. to the community. Right. I mean, it, they couldn't get it out day three cause they had to test it. Right. Um, and that was even sped up. Just walk us very quickly through how fascinating that is from your two perspectives. And what else can we solve with this moving forward? We're able to model with computers what we couldn't for years. Our ability to model outcomes with a computer and, a com- and just computer-based models of human beings has come so far that we can actually roll out solutions like this quickly. And I, I, it, it's, I always say this is what I've learned now is this is good fodder for a conspiracy theory and story, but it's really boring as science in the background. This is a bunch of nerds sitting in a in a library somewhere looking at a computer, designing a way to model what if we put this into the human body, what is it, what is the outcome, and then doing population-based analysis and putting it out there. It's so cut and dry and boring that you know, even I sometimes go, hey, the conspiracy sounds better. <laughs> you know, that sounds more entertaining. I mean, yeah, 5G technology injected into your buttocks. Great. You know, tell yeah, me about well, that. You know what they say, when the legend becomes the truth, print the legend, right? So, <laughs> right. <laughs> but but to, to your point, I think technologically, there's a couple of different factors here that are pretty cool. One is there is some AI modeling going on, right? You put in certain things you know, certain proteins, certain, certain aspects that you can identify, and then you let AI try to theorize a bunch of different models, right, to figure out what works. So that's one thing. The second thing is, Groupthink, right? HIV, there was a big partnership between the United States and France and a few other labs. Um, but this was global. I mean, you were literally seeing Northwestern University print spike proteins as China was doing it and, and University of Beijing and, and all that stuff at the same time. And they were literally sharing the stuff they had real time. So they were able to do it. The third thing is, you know, and, and this is hard for me to say because it, it's unfortunate is the research on these vaccines had been going on for decades. And what happened is because a pandemic hadn't happened in so long, a lot of them were defunded. And so once this started, they just picked up where they left off. So it feels like we got to a vaccine really quick. But some of this research has literally been in the works for a decade. Right. And so it isn't. And this a lot of people who don't want the vaccine saying, oh, it was rushed and we skipped steps and stuff like that. The part they miss is that's not actually true. Okay, we just started way earlier than you thought, like Operation Warp Speed or whatever you want to call it was literally the tip of the iceberg. But the tip isn't what sank the Titanic. It's everything below the water. 
All of this stuff happened below the water decades ago, right? Yeah. My, my own technology was supposed to be about HIV. Yeah. It was but, supposed to be yeah, part of the HIV virus vaccine that didn't never got off the ground. And so we this needed this to speed it up. Fields. Yeah. Is the release oh, into the globe, into the into the market? We needed right. this that, just that was, to even fund it. We needed, you know, yeah. they they yeah. here here's the eerie stuff, and this is fact. This is not you know legacy uh, or, or or conspiracy. The end of 2019, they ran a pandemic um, simulator, and they do this every few years, right, to check readiness and all that stuff, right? And everybody failed. Everybody failed. And what was worse is that the assumption in the pandemic simulator was that testing and PPE and things like that was the baseline for all nations, that no one would ever make that controversial, right? We not only failed because we weren't ready, which is what the actual simulator said, but we didn't test. We didn't believe in testing and in masks and in PPE. (laughs) We didn't believe in this stuff. And someone who ran the pandemic simulator came out six months in, which was about three months into our pandemic, right? Saying it never occurred to us to model a simulation where the world wouldn't believe that masks and testing were necessary. Like that was just so out of the realm of possibility. We didn't think we had a model for it. We blew the, the dumbest level of the model, we blew it through the water. That's how dumb we were. It's so sad. And it's not just an American thing. This is global. That's yeah. another pandemic. You, hey, let's just fight just for the sake of fighting. I, I, uh, uh, Do you know how hard, how, how many people fight with a, you know, if you're, if you're an epidemiologist or a doc and you put any comment anywhere, and it's just fact. Look, the virus does kill people. It does a decent job of killing some people. Then we see it and there's a, there's a hit rate to it. Please do, do your job and just put on a mask. And then out comes... Little Curly from from the South saying, Doc, hey, Doc, you're just trying to scare us, man. There is no (laughs) pandemic. It's the flu. And and we're like sitting there going, if this was the flu, I wouldn't be wearing this right now. And I wouldn't be in a special unit, you know, trying to make sure my nurses and docs and everyone stay alive. You know, yeah, yeah. I this wouldn't be the scenario, <laughs> fool. You know, it would, the scenario would be a little different. I would be like out there, you know, we'd be at a rock concert talking about this. Yeah. You know, <laughs> things would be wide open. We would look at an economy that could thrive. Mm. You know, the downfall of stupidity right now is the economy. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's what you guys wanted to hit on. Yeah, you, that's you good, want to figure figure out what's, oh, the, yes. what's the correlation. <laughs> How does it all fall together? And that's a good as point. As long bring- as we're stupid. Mm-hmm. All right. That's Let's a good be very point. honest, Parag. As long as we are stupid. So mm-hmm. so one of the one of the things you started to touch on was the mRNA um and the testing and getting everything there. The first time I heard of that was when Moderna, a small company, um who would uh, Baltimore area founded in 2011 uh, was, you know, put among giants of companies to, to go out and try to solve this issue. Right. So, you know, thinking back through it, you know, maybe an area I missed on the market because we are the whiskey hue business, second culture, the business side. Uh, I went back and looked at their stock um, from the time that this whole process started of COVID. They're up almost twenty two hundred percent. Um, Damn. And in roughly like 18 months, their stock price was around, I think, in like 12 to $16 at the beginning of the COVID. Right now, they're in the four, low 400s. Um, revenues are through the roof. Earning per shares are through the roof. Profits are through the roof. 
Um, and it goes back to that thing that you started to touch on as they have been working on this issue of, you know, um, mRNA um, since, you know, ten, over 10 years before they started. So they were able to hit the ground running, solve the issue. Now they're doing good and doing well from a profit perspective. There are a number of companies out there. We think about it in that perspective, not only like, you know, who's earning the money, making difference in the world, but then also, you know, there's the other side of that where there's a lot of people impacted. You know, you got evictions that are going to be taking place. Um, luckily that, you know, the government put some laws in place to stop it. I think that went through July. They extended it to October. Um, there's people who, you know, you have no mass debate. They have, you know, jobs are being lost. As of today, I don't know if you guys saw recently, but the unemployment rate was uh, one of the lowest in a while. It was at 5.4%. In the middle of this, at the height, I think it was one in every uh, fifth person was unemployed uh, when this COVID um, started to kick off. So there's a lot of variables there. And, you know, to think about um, people not wanting to wear a mask, is the economy stupid? You know, are we going to shut down? Are we going to go back? Before I let you guys chime in, my whole thing is I don't think we'll ever shut down again like we did. I think it's going to be survival of the fittest. Um, I'd love to hear your take on that and how us as a, an economy, technology, products, et cetera, can, you know, how, how should we be thinking about that? Two things, two things. So, so like, so the funny thing is survival of the fittest, you said. First of all, Brock, I think you and I talked about getting in a secondary offering of Moderna, mRNA. Weren't we trying to get in on that before it IPO'd? Weren't you and I were talking about that, right? Um, second thing is the, the least vaccinated populations. There's, there's, you know, we, we hear about a lot of people joining teams lately and, and all this. The least, least two, two teams you didn't think would ever come together. The MAGA population, the extreme, and lower income minority population. These two are like, we're not getting vaccinated. It's funny that they're on the same team. If those, if it gets wiped out, they're it's, it's interesting. They're on the same team. <laughs> yeah. They are on well, the it's, same it's, team. It's the bell curve, right? When you have the bell curve of political views and educational views and all that other stuff, where are the two edges, Right. One is the least education and one is the most extreme beliefs, right? And bell curves work because the fringes are usually the ones that get chopped off first, right? When you start throwing out your bad data, you throw it off the fringes and you work in the middle, right? We're seeing that in real time with human experiment, right? People go, oh, we don't want your experimental. Real experiment. You are the control group, brother. You are the experiment. <laughs> we are fine. We're waiting to see what happens to you. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the truth, right? Your five G tower is you. Yeah, you're, the, exactly. you're the experiment. Exactly. Yeah, it's 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 um. But it's, well, you and I have talked about the econ public health thing a lot, right? And and because yep. I come from both worlds, I've had this discussion with venture capitalists and hedge fund guys for literally a year, right? They've been calling me up. A lot of my banker buddies and venture capitalists are like, all right. Tell me what's going on with public health and then tell me how to plan for it with my investments and my capital and all that stuff, right? So this is a conversation I have very often. And what I explain to them is if we as a world or at least the country were united in our approach, we would be like New Zealand and we would have tackled this in about a month or two and we would have moved yeah. right on, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, variants would have popped up and you would have tackled it again for about a month and moved right on, right? We have the freedom to be stupid, and a lot of people do. And, and it's a good freedom to have until it starts hurting the people around you. And that's where we're at right now. And so we will always have this push and pull, right? We will always have this push and pull. We will make two steps forward. We will have one step back. 
Sometimes we'll have one step forward and two steps back. But what that means for the economy is something that as an economist in all the years that I've studied, I have never seen in my life. I have never seen modeled in my life. I cannot even begin to tell you how hard this bubble will burst if it bursts, which is that we it is rare. It is almost unfathomable to model low rates in a booming economy and capital injections when there's already enough capital, right? That's yeah. not what you do. That's let's, not let's how you handle it, these things. But it's not let's equally distributed, right? I mean, I mean yeah. think, about, think yeah. about this. Take a step back and look at it. Your mind, Prague, think about it like this. The economy that we saw actually never needed to shut down last year. That's the honest God, God's honest truth. If Had we had the, the discipline of Japan, or the culture of Japan, we would have never had to shut down. Had we had the discipline of South Korea and their experience with SARS-CoV-1, the first 2013 COVID that came out way back when and killed yeah. a whole bunch of people, they had intel and know-how and they applied it and they were able to maintain an economy that was enviable while we were closed down. We watched China, I think, kill people. <laughs> I don't think they ever closed down, but I think they just kind of bury their dead as they keep going. You know, they're like, we got, we got to keep making this. We got to keep working. And then we look at our economy, and I, I think that, you know, it's nice to see capital injection and all this stuff kind of keep things going. But I think we're in what I call it's going to look like a sputtering economy. And it's going to look like this sputtering, hey, we do really well. Then variant X comes out. Mm, and depending yeah. on location and impact, okay, so right now the impact is the South. The South makes what? You have most of your fuel come from the South. You have certain produce and, and goods come from the South. There's certain things that the South makes that are now going to be in that whole supply chain distribution of disaster and yeah. doom. And we're going to yeah. see things boom and then sputter because of that. And then the next, you know, we'll, we'll do well again. And then the next big catastrophic whatever comes and bam again. And it's going to keep going like this because in order to maintain a solid working machine, all the parts have to move and work together, right? So the population has to have the decency to go, I'm sick, so I'm going to stay home. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to wear a goddamn mask. I'm a free human being. I agree with you. Be a free human being at home with your fever then. Do not yeah. bring it to the store. Do not lick my, my hand. Do not get near <laughs> me. I want you to stay at home. You know, to point, point all your so, weapons away. So many rules to hang out with this guy. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, it's very simple. You're sick. I don't, I don't want to play with that. But, hey, if you're fine and things are okay – but you're still like in a, in a, you know, immuno, potentially immunocompromised state, or you could, you could die from something like this. Then you're the guy that unfortunately should wear a mask out of your own choice to protect it's yourself. The people who need to wear them are the ones who refuse to wear them. Right. In a sense, right. Cause of yeah. the vaccine. They'll, they'll never, yeah, so, yeah. so the answer is very simple. If we, if we had some sort of way to just have people follow just simple cultural social guidelines, like wearing a seatbelt, wearing a, Freaking mask when you're sick, washing your hands. Do you know how many people? Europe was an interesting study because they're, they're you, you pointed out nasty, the environmental man. the environmental catastrophes that happened there. There were there were studies done and surveys on BuzzFeed that used to blow my mind about hand washing after number two, and the lowest rated places were Northern Europe. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. No, I just thirty to forty percent of the population. America. I'm like, well, I'm not shaking anyone's hand up there anymore, you know. But well, that's fecal oral transmission is yeah, a, you know, fecal is oral transmission. Yeah. Everything is it's just times. not what you're shaving. Good times. You know, it reminds us of some friends of ours, yeah. but but I mean that's 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 what we gotta <laughs> think about, you know. So it all comes down to it's boom and bust, boom and bust, boom and bust, and so, different parts of the supply chain getting attacked and 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 basically swallowed whole unless we figure out a way just to go forward. Yeah.